stand up. Sound familiar? More volume, more results. And so your, your expectorator that you're going to turn up ha- has a lot to do with, your, with, with what you receive, with what you envision, with your dreams. Do you know dreams are not, are not something in the fantasy, in the, in, the, in the mental or secular world only, that God deals in dreams? If, if you were here Christmas Eve, you heard we, we read the story about uh, um, Joseph. No, we didn't read about Joseph, but we referred to Joseph. And so I think somebody mentioned this, but Joseph, they, uh, the angel of God, spoke to him several times in dreams. Spoke to him in a dream about Jesus and about going ahead and taking Mary as his wife. And that, and that this baby in her was, was from the Holy Spirit and was going to be the Son of God. And then he spoke to him in a dream, remember, to, to go flee into Egypt to avoid all the, the babies that were being slaughtered by King Herod. And so, then we, you can read in the Old Covenant, all kinds of people um, were, were ministered to in, in dreams. Um, uh, Jacob, remember the, the ladder coming up and, and down from heaven uh, at Bethel? And, um, and, and lots, of, lots of things that God did in dreams. And, and, and even today, inshallah, you know this from personal experience. Many of you do have dreams. And, and many, many people we know in the, in the Muslim world, God is speaking to, them, to Muslims in dreams. And we've prayed for that. But anyway, dreams are not a bad thing. And so you need to, you need to be open to dream. You need to be open for God to give you dreams so that when you, when you dream things, it's not just something you cook up. You, you can expect God to put dreams into your heart, whether it's a nighttime dream or an open vision or just a thought and a desire that becomes like a dream of your heart. We need to be a little more dream weavers, if you want to call it. That's an old, what, 70s song? <laughs> did, I, did I get the decade right, Sue? <laughs> some of us go back to that point <laughs> about some of these old songs, but... Some of, some, of the, some of these thoughts are not bad. We need to let God, let the Holy Spirit be a dream weaver in your spirit and weave dreams into you. You need to start expecting things that God will show you, see? And so I want you just to take a minute right now and I, and I, want, I, want, this, I want you to, we're going to do an exercise. Is that, right? Is that right if we have an exercise in class today? Okay, so I want you to, to just start thinking about it and then we're going to have you close your eyes in a minute and picture but what would, what would it be like? What would you look like? What would your life look like? Is more what I'm talking about. Even in this year, if what you know right now or what you're dreaming right now or have collectively dreamed up to this point in your life were to come to pass during 2017. Now, before you close your eyes and do that, I want you to, the rules of this exercise are that you, you have to discount all the limitations that have built up in your mind, all the strongholds that have told you over the years, well, that can't happen. You could never do that. Who do you think you are? All of that has to be discounted. Even the, and and take this the right way, the people in your life that tend to be a hindrance to you or or that you're struggling with or that you're dealing with, whether they be in your family or your work or your friends or your neighbors or your extended family, any of the people and the things they do that, that hinder you, you discount that, put that to the side, put that behind you, put those limiting thoughts behind you. Even put what you know about your own abilities, however great they are, <laughs> or your lack thereof, 
<laughs> however great that may be for some of us, and, and discount that as well. And then I want you to discount your circumstances. Say, but you don't know where I live. You don't know how much money I have or don't have. <laughs> you don't know what I know about where I could go or do or I don't have the know-how. Discount all of that, all your circumstances, okay? You got all the discounts, okay? I don't typically believe for discounts. But anyway, discount all of that. Now, are you ready to do your exercise? Okay, I want you to, to close your eyes if you need to. If you don't need to, you can leave them open. But I want you to think about and picture in your mind then, with all those things discounted, what would it look like if the dream, the collective dreams, vision, purpose for my life, all of that together. What if that? What would that look like if in 2017 that fulfilled and came to pass? What would I be doing? What would my, what would my circumstance? What would I, my life? What would it look like? And if you can get a picture of that, and maybe it's several pictures put together. Maybe it's like a puzzle on a screen, and the pieces come together. Maybe there's some holes in the puzzle. You don't have all of it, but you have a few glimpses here and there. Maybe you don't have much of it. So this is an exercise you could continue after, after this morning. But I want you to start that exercise. So just take a minute. What would it look like based on what I can picture right now? And some of you say, well, I'm older. No, discount that too. Age is, age is not part of this exercise. Well, I'm too young. I can't do all the things I've dreamed of. No, discount that too. What would it look like? Are some of you starting to get a glimpse when you take the limits off? When you take the circumstances away? When you take some of the, the people influences away, can you start to, to see a dream? Can you start to see that God has a dream that he's putting into you? See, it's so important. It's so important to allow God to sow dreams into your heart. It's so important to envision and ask for God to show you. It's so important to look for what he's doing in your life and wants to do in your life. I want you to, to look with me. This is the key verse for, for this. It's Isaiah 42 Nine. Now, I'm not talking about New Age stuff, sitting around and dreaming up and asking for some concoction to come into your mind. We're not talking about mind here. We're talking about giving God an opportunity. But look at Isaiah 42, 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now, I want to stop there for a second. Some of you had go have goals that you filled out at the beginning of, of the year. I'm trying to find my goal sheet here. I'll put it somewhere. <coughs> Anyway, some of you filled out these goal sheets at the beginning of 2016. And some of these things came to pass, and some of them might not yet have come to pass. That's okay. Do you know you can carry them over to this year? It, it, it's allowed. It's legal. So, but some of them did come to pass. I've been checking on my sheet the last month or so. And more than I, more than I would have thought, because I didn't think about it too much during the fall, but... A lot of it came to pass. So, so look at this verse, the first part of this verse. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Has God ever done anything for you in your life? Has God ever put a, a, a vision, put, planted a, a seed, a thought, a dream in your heart, and any of it or any part of it has ever come to pass? I, I would dare say probably nobody in here could say nothing's ever come to pass that God laid on their heart or that they asked Him for. I would bet you over the, the years, especially... You know, I can remember the years I've been doing this, probably about, I don't know, 20 years, <laughs> that a lot of things have come to pass that I've put on these, these sheets. And so, praise God, behold, the former things have come to pass. 
But you know what? We don't just collect all these sheets and just start, and, and as thankful as we are, we don't just stop there, right? Yeah, thank, thank God the former things have come to pass. But he says, now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Now you can read the context of all of this in this whole chapter. But I, I believe that this is, this is a, a word or a verse that we can, that we can take for ourselves. That God has new things for you as well as the former things that He's done for you. Because it's not only has God been good to us, God is good to us and God will be good to us. He has more things. Even if you fulfilled everything on your list last year, it all came to pass. Great. Then you lead the pack this year. <laughs> you help, us, help the rest of us to, to believe that all of ours are going to come to pass and you do another one for this year. God has new things for you in 2017. More things, different things, greater things than he had for you in 2016. And even if all your 2016s didn't come to pass, put it on there. <laughs> and put it back on there this year and believe. But God has new things. And, and the point I want you to get is the end of this verse. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Do you know God wants to tell you what he's got in store for you ahead? Not only for this year, but, but as time goes on. For, the, for your lifetime, for your life's goal, for your life's purpose. But I believe there's some new things. I don't know if this is, is, is a, a word that's prophetic for this body or not, but I believe that there's some other things, maybe we'll put it that way, additional things that maybe you haven't even dreamed of yet. You may have dreams. You may have a big dream that you're working on that God uh, is wanting to bring to pass in your life that He's already laid on your heart, but I believe there's other things too. They might be little things. They might be big, other big things. You know it's okay to dream for more than one big thing? It's a, if you saw some of the things that have been on my list over these years, <laughs> it's amazing. We came across, um, Charlene was cleaning out my office not too long back, and I saw where it showed up in my new office at home. <laughs> but it was a pictogram, <laughs> I guess is what you'd call it. It was pathetic artwork that I, that I did. But it was a sheet of paper that we had that I had in, in the, the master bath in my old house, <laughs> pinned on the wall so I could see it every day when I went in there, on the wall that had old layers of wallpaper peeled off that we, <laughs> didn't, A, didn't know how we were going to remodel it, B, what we were supposed to do with it, or had the, probably had the money to do it. So for years it stayed with all these layers of old wallpaper peeled off the wall. <laughs> but this piece of paper was there. <laughs> And on this piece of paper had my, some of my dreams illustrated. And do you know that I think, it wasn't a whole lot of things, but it was like in three columns. But do you know every one of those came to pass before we ever left that old house? And so, you know, God has multiple things for you. At that time, those might have been little things to some of you, but some of those were big things to me. One of them was a, was a type of vehicle I'd been wanting that I couldn't afford to buy. One of them was remodeling the house. <laughs> Flooring and walls and all that. I didn't even know the extent that we were going to do that. But you know what? God made the way. And some of those were things I... They were pretty hard for me to even put them on there because I was like, whoo, wee But do you know since then I've moved on to many times on above that? Do you know that you were a part of that? You were on that picture? <laughs> there was a picture just like this. <laughs> and 
And I wish Joe could hear this part. That on the picture too, there was some detail, some measure of detail. There was a nice drum set with a drummer up there. <laughs> that one's coming to pass. We got the drummer. We don't have the drum set, but it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Praise God for him. And, but and all these things. But the, the, but there were people. There were spotlights just like those. <laughs> I hadn't even seen this place. But my point is, is God wants you to dream. And God wants to put those in you and God wants to show you and it can be more than one thing at a time. Some of you are like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but but I, want, I want you to get a hold of this. But this verse here is saying that God will show you. He'll proclaim it to you. We need to be expecting God to speak to us, to show us, to tell us. Maybe it will be in a night dream. Maybe it will be in just thoughts that drop or pictures that drop into your spirit. Maybe during the middle of your day. Maybe during time where you're just reading His Word or worshiping Him. He'll drop something in there and say, This is what I want you to believe for. This is the new thing you're going to do this year. Yes, sir. <laughs> don't discount it. When you see it, when you hear it, don't, don't be in disbelief and say, Oh, well, I can't believe it. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's important how you react when, when God shows you. But it's important to have a vision. It's important to look and be expecting for new things. And God says He will proclaim them to you he'll proclaim them to you ahead of time why does he do that think about it. that's a question by the way why does he do that why does he show you ahead of time instead of the instant right before it's going to happen why does he show you to give you hope right and then there's an expectation for you to do something what's your part act on faith god supplies the hope remember we, we read that in colossians there's an endless supply laid up he supplies the hope but he expects you to take that hope which is your thermostat, your goal setter, and, and, and crank it up. Put some faith to it. That's how the dream comes to pass. God is not shaking out everybody and all the circumstances and making things happen. He's given you a dream, and He wants you to use your faith He's given you to bring that dream to pass, or dreams, multiple dreams. But He wants to show you. All right, look at Proverbs 27.1. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring forth. So don't take... Look at this verse this way. In, in, in the light of, of, of having visions, asking God for dreams, visions, insight, plans, things for you. Don't take your blessings for granted, for one thing. Meaning that, yes, Jesus provided you everything you'd ever need in salvation. And we know that is a fact, right? We don't have to wonder. But even though we know that is a truth, as much as I'm standing here on this concrete floor, a sol- is more solid than this actually, I still don't want to take that for granted. And, and I don't want to get in the, in the mode that I don't have to do anything to bring those things into my life to get them to manifest. I have a part to play, just like we were just saying. I have to keep myself in faith. I have to keep myself in God's Word to have faith continually to operate in me so that I take advantage of those things that have been provided to me. See, they haven't been forced into me. They've been provided to me. It's up to me to get myself in a position to receive them. It's up to me to have the faith that I'll know how to step out and receive them, see? So don't take it for granted. Don't boast about tomorrow. Don't just assume everything's going to stay the same all the time. I'm not telling you that to worry or to fear. I'm just saying, don't just take things for granted. Don't just say, well, things have been great this year. I think in 2017, I'll just coast. 
you know, I've had a few rough years. I think I'll just coast in 2017 and just stretch out and say, whoo, you know, let's just take a year off. Everything will stay the same. I'm blessed. I'm saved. Sure you are. But God doesn't want you just to take it all for granted. He doesn't want you just to boast about tomorrow. He might have something completely different for you to do in March than you're doing right now. See? Be open to that. That requires you to be expecting, right? Requires you to be listening, looking for something. At least being open, right? That He might have a somewhat change of direction or a new path for you or new things along your path that He wants you to accomplish. So don't just take it for granted. Don't boast about it. Don't assume that everything's always going to stay the same. And then Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, the first part of that verse, says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Now that word vision means revelation. Where there's no revelation, where there's nothing revealed to anybody. Didn't we just read that God said that He would, he would do new things and He'd proclaim them to you ahead of time? Well, where there is no revelation, where there's no vision... It says the people are unrestrained. It means they don't have any, they don't have any uh, parameters on them. They don't have any controls. It's just, you know, do I go here, do I go there? Well, I think I'll just do this. I'll do that. Because they don't have a vision they're following. In, in the King James, it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. So you can assume that, that living through life with no vision is, is the way to death, not the life. It's a way to trouble and not a way that's God's way. All right, let's, let's turn to, to the book of the little book of Habakkuk. It's right near the back of your Old Testament, right before the book of Zephaniah. Does that help you? Habakkuk chapter 2. And we're going to look at the first three verses, and then we're going to skip to a part of verse 4. But here, now Habakkuk was a, was a prophet back in, in the day when they had been taken away to captivity and, and, and back and so forth. But anyway, he says here, it's a short book. It'd be a good thing to read all the way through. There's just a couple of chapters. But but here in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I'm reproved. See, Habakkuk was believing for God to do what we just read in Isaiah, what is it, 42, 9. Habakkuk was expecting God to show him things to reveal things to him that, are, that were to come. Things that he wanted, new things. He said that he was going to be on his guard. He was going to station himself. And look what it says. It says, I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Now, isn't it interesting that Habakkuk, in looking for God's new things to be proclaimed to him, he didn't say, I'm going to listen for what God's going to speak. He says, speak. What did he say he was going to do to find out what God was going to speak? Watch. I think that's really important because it means that you don't just hear from God audibly. Now, so you might hear from God in an audible voice. That's great. I, I hope that we all do from time to time, even out loud. And so many times we'll say we know God speaks to us in that inner voice, right? That still small voice that Elijah heard, that voice of the Holy Spirit inside you in your spirit, that anointing. But, but Habakkuk said, I'm going to watch. I think that means that things come more in words. I think things can come in pictures, like we're talking about dreams, visions. It can come when you're watching through what you're reading in, in the Word of God or what you're listening to 
about somebody else's testimony or watching it on a video or on TV or on a Friday night dinner when somebody's standing up giving their testimony. You're hearing, but you're watching. It might be some circumstance that God brings before you and you see something unfold or you see something come together. So it's more than just listening with your, the ears on the inside. It's more than just listening. Habakkuk said, I'm going to watch to see what he's going to speak to me. So to me, that really implies that, that God gives us visions, whether they be in the natural, whether they be vision, um, uh, inside on the dreams at night or, or openly. It's important to be on the watch. And he said that he, he was deliberately standing guard and stationing himself to watch. Stationing himself on the rampart. He was up on the, on the upper pinnacles of the wall asking God to show him stuff. That way he, he, he had a clear view. He could see the stars. If he was out at night, I don't know if he was or not. But if he was, he could see the stars. If he was out in the day, he could see the clouds and the sun. He, he, was, he was wide open, man. Wherever God wanted to show him, he was going to see it, right? He could even see if it was down below at the bottom of the wall if God was showing him something. In other words, he wasn't closing off any avenue. He was expecting. He was expecting. And he, was, and he said, and how I may reply when I'm reproved. So you got, if you're going to be open for God to show you things, he might be showing you some things to correct you, to change your course a little bit. You might be going this way and he's saying, go, no, go this way. Are you gonna Are you gonna listen? Are you gonna obey? Are you gonna say no, no, no? I've been such set going this way. This way I go. You better You better be able to be corrected for your course to be changed a little bit. When you're reproved, how am I going to reply? Well, go ahead and determine right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> whatever you say, and whatever you show me, and how big or however hard I have to swallow, I'll do it. <laughs> it will come to pass. Now, some of you think that's funny. And it is funny, but what I'm saying is God is going to give you things that are that big and you're going to have to swallow real hard for your faith to, to, to start working because you're going to say, me? <laughs> are, are you serious? <laughs> God is not joking. <laughs> he is 100% serious. He is 100% in that He wants you to do bigger things than you can imagine. We live so, so minuscule. We live so tiny so way below our privileges and the God-given power and abilities He's given us that it really shouldn't seem huge and big when He gives us big dreams. They're just normal things to Him. But because we live in such a world of doubt and unbelief and because we live in such a limited thinking that we've conditioned ourselves to, a lot of times things He tells us look impossible. They look too big. But they really shouldn't be. Think about all the things that were done in faith. I didn't really plan to, to go here. Think about the things that were done in faith. Abraham. Noah. You couldn't get any bigger a vision than that. Him and his three sons built an ark that's you know, bigger than a football field. Yeah. And kept building on it for 400 years. And we sometimes think, if I work on something for a couple of days, well, God, when's this going to happen? <laughs> 400 years he worked on his vision. Never saw a drop of rain. And the earth's going to flood. Right. Some of us, after a couple of months, would have given up. Some people back then would have given up after at least a couple decades, right? Noah keeps working for 400 years. Okay? Think about Moses. They're at the Red Sea. Here's the army behind him. <laughs> Where are you going to go, Moses? God says, stretch forth your rod. Okay, what's that going to do? We're still at the sea and there's the army. <laughs> stretch forth his rod in faith. The sea opens up onto dry ground. 
How many times did the sea ever opened up before that that Moses could learn about in history? By faith, right? You could go on and on and on. Were those things that looked impossible? Were those things that looked like big dreams? You better believe it. Abraham was going to kill Isaac, but saw him raised up after he would sacrifice him. Was that a big dream? Had, everybody, had anybody ever been raised from the dead at that point? No. So things that, that God take as normal like that look impossible to us. We need to change our thinking. We need to, to quit thinking little thoughts. And so here he's saying in verse 2, Then the Lord answered. Let's see what the Lord answered him. He answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. And so, here's another key thing, and this is the basis for why we've done this for years, is write it down. Why? Because you might forget. Why else? So you can read it. You could read it in faith. You could speak it back out what you read in faith, so you can continue to remind yourself and run with it hard to run with something you can't remember but if it's something that's set before you that you can read and remind yourself of you can keep running with it and this was a principle that he gave to Habakkuk when you get a vision write it down you know that's the important thing anytime God speaks to you you know if God's speaking it's worth it's worth writing down you know and so write those things down so you don't lose it write those things down so you can continue to act on them in faith put feet to it so, so you can run with it And then he said, and know that the vision is for an appointed time. And that time might be yet to come. And that yet might be next week. Might be three months from now. Might be August. Might be November. Might be two years from now. Might be ten years from now. But it's for an appointed time. And so, write it down and know that it's for an appointed time. It's not pie in the sky. In the sweet by and by. Because in the sweet by and by, we're going to be in the new heaven with, with Jesus. He's given you visions for your life here in His kingdom on this earth. See, His plans are going to be completely manifested and fulfilled by the time we get to a new heaven and a new earth. But what He's given you a purpose and a work to do on this earth in this life is for in this life. And so it's for an appointed time and it is coming to come to pass and it hastens toward the goal. See, there's results. There's a reason why He's given you a vision. There's a reason why He's given you a dream. It's for something to happen. And he says, though it tarries, wait for it. Now, I like this because he didn't stop there. Because if he did, you'd think, well, these things are for, you know, they're, they're all in the future. Maybe in my lifetime, but they're all in the future. I don't need to worry about this year. No, he didn't stop there. He said, be willing to, to wait for it, even if it tarries. But he said, it will certainly come, and it will not delay. So, we need to, you know... An old phrase, move out, move up, and move on. And not just wait for, well, you know, if the Lord wanted this to happen, He'll make it happen. No, He won't. He gave you a vision so you can put faith to it and make it happen. But if you will, the Holy Spirit will work with you and your words are producing by faith. Things are sure to come to pass. As sure as you're sitting here. They're sure to come to pass. Be patient as though it might tarry, but expect that it will not delay. As long as you do your part, God's doing His part. And He's, want, he's got a timetable. And usually, if any of it's delayed or any foot dragging going on, it's ours. It's not His. See, God's always on time. 
We can't say that of ourselves. We sometimes get cold feet. We sometimes get circumstances and let, and let ourselves get under the circumstances. But that's not God's will. His purpose, His vision will not delay. It will come to pass. Be patient. Work on it steadily. But expect that it won't delay. And then skip on down to, to the end of verse 4. He reminded Habakkuk, but the righteous will live by his faith. So he's reminding Habakkuk, here's the vision. Write it down. It will surely come to pass. Work on it as if it would tarry, but yet know that it will not, it will not delay. Put your faith out there. Remember, the righteous live by faith. Okay? And for us, remember Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So we know that we're supposed to be using our faith. What are we supposed to be using them on? We're supposed to be using them on things God's showing us, visions He's given us, dreams He's given us, new things He wants us to believe for. This is what we're supposed to be doing with our faith. All right, turn to um, Psalm 27. Back a ways here. Psalm 27. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not, what? Fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be, what? Confident. Verse 4, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up upon a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So if you look at particularly the, the message of those first three verses, we are not supposed to fear. One thing you need to to be certain of that it is not God's will for you to be in fear in 2017. Fear should not be a part of your vocabulary. Fear should not be a part of your thoughts. Fear should not be a part of your life. Over evil things, bad things, bad circumstances, or fear of something huge and big that, that God is wanting you to do. There should not be fear over either. He makes that clear here. Whom shall I fear? Who shall I dread? You notice there was no answer to that? There was, no fill, there was no blank to be filled in because there's no one. Are there nothing to be feared or dreaded? Fear is the perverted opposite of faith. If you find yourself in fear, you need to realize, shake yourself and realize, wait a minute, I'm not in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I need to get in faith. How do I get in faith? Well, I got the measure. I must need to stir it up. All right. The Word says... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Let me get in here. Fear is, is not a part of your 2017. You need to settle that today. I will not fear. Who will I fear? Who will I dread? Tell the devil that. <laughs> Look, bud. <laughs> Take your garbage somewhere else. Fear is not going to be involved in me in 2017. Go peddle your wares somewhere else. I'm not getting into fear. No fear here. But then it goes on in verse 4. And four through six, and it talks about being in God's house, and it says, "I've one thing I've asked, and that I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord." Now I think you can interpret that a couple of ways that can be applied. I think primarily the house of the Lord was where the presence of God dwelt in the old covenant. So I think 
we should make it a priority and we should want, one thing we should want is to spend time in God's presence in 2017. You know, I think of the movie, The, the, the War Room. The lady spent time in God's presence and her, she made a closet into a prayer room, right? You may ha- not have a closet. Maybe you do. Maybe you can clean one out. <laughs> Maybe you've got a, a spare room. Maybe it's just a, a place in your house that you already go and sit where you're peaceful and you can, you can spend time with God. You need, to, you, need to, you need to find that place. If you don't have one, even if you, it's not your house, you live in your parents, find you a place in your room. If, if they let you have a door on your room, <laughs> find you a place in your room that can be your little quiet corner, right? And prepare it. If you don't have one, prepare one. Make that a priority for, for this week. I'm going to prepare me a place where I can spend time with God, where I can get alone by myself with Him. Now, I talked about kids. It might be harder for you as parents to find a place. <laughs> but make it a priority. See if you can't figure out or ask God to show you, what can I do, what can I, what can I do in you know, my room or my, or my closet? or something? Is there some little corner I can convert into my little God space? I'm serious. If you don't have something, find something. Make something. And find you a place where you can spend time in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate. Somewhere where you get... You know, meditate doesn't mean mental assent. You know, that's new age uh, definition of meditation. Meditation really means speaking to yourself, murmuring. So get somewhere... That's why it's important to get somewhere where you can be alone, private, with just you and God, so you can meditate on the Word. That means I'm going to read the Word out loud and meditate, speak it back to myself and ask God to, to give me revelation of it. See, if you do that out in the middle of the living room with all your kids or your family or whatever, they think you're nuts, okay? Now, most of your families may not think that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> find you a place to get along with God. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about what are people thinking when I'm sitting here reading the scriptures and talking to myself. <laughs> That's what meditate means. But So get you a place. Make it a priority. And, and look what he said. For in the day of trouble, you think there might be some trouble in 2017? Or are you just going to have every, every day is going to be smooth? Not, not a care, not a trouble in the world. No, no the devil's not going to try to sweet little old you. The devil wouldn't try to bring anything on you in 2017, would he? No, not him. You better be prepared. <laughs> you better be prepared. And I'm not glorifying him. But you got a target painted on you. Guess what? There's, it's on a shield. But you got a target. <laughs> you better know that trouble is not going to stop coming just because you prepare you a little prayer space and you, and you have time to spend alone with God and you meditate on the Word and you, you're believing for and wrote down and drew a big vision of all the nice new things God's leading you to do. That doesn't mean trouble's not going to come. That you're not going to be tried, tested, Issues, circumstances, things are not going to come at you. They're going to come at you. You still live on this earth, right? I think most of you are. Most of you, most of you earthlings still live here on the earth? Nobody's been beamed down or up? Okay. You're still here. <laughs> the earth is not perfect. We live in a world, a sinful world, nature. Trouble is going to be a part of it. Don't believe for it, but to be prepared for it. But when it comes, if you've spent your time with God, if you have revelation, if your faith is working, you're hearing from Him, you're exercising your faith, you're on His path, are you going to be able to deal with the trouble? Absolutely. You're going to walk right through it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I'll be afraid and crawl in a corner. No, I will fear no evil. Why? 
For thou art with me. Be sure he's with you. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. But he didn't say you couldn't leave him or forsake him. Be sure you don't. But it says in his secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He'll lift me up. And my head will be lifted up above my enemies. I'll offer sac- tent sacrifices. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now, I said there's a couple of meanings for, for a house of the, of the Lord. We just talked about being in his presence. The, another definition for it is, is here. <laughs> or anywhere you can go and be a part of somewhere that's dedicated to the house of the Lord, whether it's just for one service, somewhere somebody's teaching the word, you get invited, like camp meeting or something like that. Or here on a regular basis, make it a priority. You know, if you don't, if you don't again, decide, I'm gonna, this is going to be a decision. This is how it is in 2017. I'm going to be in church every time I get the opportunity. This is not a commercial, by the way. If there wasn't anything but empty chairs in here, I'd be doing the same thing today. Now, I'm happy you're here. I love y'all. Y'all are great. Y'all look pretty good today, too. But if you didn't come, I'm still going to do what I'm called to do. So this is not a commercial. But what I'm saying is, for your sake, you need to make it a a decision and make it a priority. I'm going to be in church every time I get the opportunity. Because if you don't make that decision, if you don't make that determination everything that the devil can throw at you will happen on Sunday morning or the first Friday evening, afternoon, <laughs> or, or 30 minutes before your small group meeting, before you're ready to pack up and go out the door, or that morning when you wake up, or that day at work before you're going to get ready to go to the small group that evening. If you don't make a determination, <laughs> I'm going to be in the house of God. Now, if you don't do any of those, I'm, that's up to you. I'm just saying... Whatever it is that you're committed to be involved with, small group, activity, whatever it is, you need to determine the devil's not going to hinder me. I'm going to be in the house of God. And if it's not this one, whatever one that he's calling you to be in, but make a determination, I'm going to be there. Why? Because God has a word for you on any occasion that you'll listen. And so all those are opportunities for Him to speak more into your vision, speak more into your life, give you another instruction, tell you about the next two steps, whatever it may be, it's important that you make yourself available to be there to hear it. Say, well, God could speak to me at home if I, don't, if I decide not to come. Sure, He can. But if He's called you to be a part of something, where do you think He's going to send your messages? If He's called you to go and do something, do you think He's going to speak to you there where He called you to go and do it or back here somewhere wherever you might wander around? He's always speaking, but my point is is if He's called you to do somewhere, He's expecting you to be going in that direction. Do you get what I'm saying? And so you've got to make a determination. And there's nothing, nothing good like a new year to make new decisions and new commitments. I'm going to be... I'm going to spend time with God, whether that's in my prayer closet at home, my prayer corner, my prayer porch, wherever it may be. And I'm going to be in the house of God any and every time that I need to be there. And devil, I'm announcing it to you right now. (laughs) Take your sickness, your circumstances, all your garbage somewhere else, because this is what I'm doing. And, you know, so if if you get sick one Sunday morning and 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 it doesn't work out, Okay, don't give up. They say, all right, you, you might have won that battle. <laughs> but the next time I got it, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to hinder me. And just be determined. But you can do that if you can look back and say, because on January the 1st, I made a decision. I'm going to do this and that. Remember that? <laughs> 
you need to tell yourself as much as you're telling the devil, really. But you need to make a commitment to do these things. Bless you. All right, look down at verse... Um, well, one thing that it says in there is, I'm going to inquire in the temple. We need to come seeking. And when you go in your prayer closet, seeking, ask, expecting God to speak to you, inquiring, asking Him to reveal His Word, His will to you. Okay? All right, skip down to verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. So here's another part of this message from this psalm from David had here. You know, all this thing. Don't fear. Don't dread anything or anybody. God is with you. Make it a priority to spend time in His presence, in His house. But then it comes down to this last part about be willing to wait on Him. Be patient. Be led and follow peace. See? God's speaking to If God's speaking to you, He's never going to make you anxious. Even if He's given you some big goal, some big dream, that you think, boy, wow, that's tremendous. wonder how long that'll take. Now remember, Habakkuk said, it's not going to delay. Be willing to wait, but it's not going to delay. But in your work, in your everyday living out your faith, be at peace. If you can't be at peace, you need to go back and get back in that prayer conversation situation and say, Lord, did I miss it? Did I hear clearly? Because I'm anxious about this. Am I just not allowing your peace to rise up in me? Am I not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me? Or did I hear the wrong thing and I'm going in the wrong direction because I'm not getting peace here? I'm anxious. Okay? So go back and, and start where you were. But if you can't... It, if you can't walk in peace, peace and patience are both fruit, right? They go together. But you should be led by peace. You should follow peace. That's one thing. And, we, and we've just talked about that in Colossians. And if you were here Christmas Eve, we had a message on peace, right? About God announced this peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There was never that peace of God present for men to operate in before that. Peace came when Jesus came into the earth. He is the prince of what? Peace. That was a new day when he was born as a baby. The, the unexplainable, beyond comprehension kind of peace, the peace of God came into the earth that night when Jesus was born. And from then on, it was available to men. And so we need to, we need to follow and, and walk and act by that peace. And so as he's saying here, wait for the Lord. Don't get out ahead of God. If you get out ahead of God, you're going to suddenly stop and find yourself in all kind of anxiousness and worry. And you're going to turn around and say, where did I get off track? <laughs> go back. If you find yourself there, go back to the place where you can get into peace and start back from there. Because that's where God is going to lead you from. He's going to lead you by peace. He is never worried. He is never anxious. He is never upset. He's never wondering what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. That's why he can always have peace. But it says, be strong and, t and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And so that's a good word for these visions, these dreams that God gives you. Don't try to make them happen on your own. Exercise faith and let God bring it about by your faith and in a process of peace. Now you think that, well, that might take longer. No, it's going to take longer if you get involved and do it in your own strength and mess it all up and do it the human way 
and then God's going to have to go back and help you unscramble eggs to get you back to a point where He can do, help you to do it His way. Whose way is better, by the way? Let's see. My way and my some of some of years of, of experience in education versus the creator of the universe who's lived for millennials and created everything that is out there everywhere and everything I can see on earth. Let me see. That's a hard question. Are you kidding me? There's no question who knows the best way. Why are we going to do it on our own? But yet, don't we try to do that all the time? You know, they say the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. (laughs) So, I'm not calling you stupid. (laughs) You call yourself that when you realize you're doing it your way instead of God's way, okay? It doesn't make sense. (laughs) It doesn't add up. But if you wait on Him, He will give you courage and He will lead you in the right direction. Amen? All right. Proverbs 31.25. It's a good proverb. A lot of things that Solomon wrote that, a lot of things he learned, the first part of that of that proverb is things he learned from his father, David, some of the wisdom. And then he talks about the godly woman. You ever read Proverbs 31 woman? Well, in verse 25, the Proverbs 31 woman is described as she has strength and dignity and it says she smiles at the future. So a godly woman, ladies, girls, a godly woman is one that is looking towards the future, one that's looking for God to provide a vision and is exercising faith. If you go back and read all those verses in the, in the godly woman section of this proverb leading up to verse 25, it talks about all the diligence, all the things she does by faith, all the works of her hands, all the things she believes God for and that she does and that she sows and reaps and all this stuff. And it says that she does it with strength and dignity, but she smiles at the future. She's, she's not doing it out of worry. She's not doing it out of fear. Well, I better go work and do all this because if not, my family won't have anything. No, she smiles at the future. She's looking for a vision. She's looking for expectations and she's doing all this to fulfill it by faith. That's the godly woman. All right, and then Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1 says, "How ble- So I want to ask you a question before we read this. Do you want to prosper in everything you do in 2017? Yes. Is, is, is that a stupid question? <laughs> no, I want to fail at half of everything this year, um, just to kind of make things even. No, of course not. <laughs> well, let me read verse 3 to you. And see if this, how this sounds to you. It will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its, in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Does that describe a desirable way you would like to live your year in 2017? You're not dependent on the weather. You're not dependent on this or that or other circumstances. You never wilt or wither. You always have the the oomph, or as Brother Glenn says, the sphincterinctum to do whatever it is you need to do in your time when God tells you to do it. And then when you do it, you prosper. Does that sound good to anybody? Down to peeling? Most of you. few of you not sure. Well, here's how you do it. You do what it says in verses 1 and 2. And there's five things if you pick them out. How blessed is the man? So that's, that's what it's describing in verse 3. First thing, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. You can't walk with with wicked people or spend your time on things that wicked people come up with and expect verse 3 to come to pass in your life. It just doesn't work. The second thing it says 
and, and does not stand or nor stand in the path, nor stand in the path of sinners. Who's a sinner? Unbelievers. What's their path? Their path is doing whatever feels good, do it. Whatever I want to do, whatever I dream up in my own mind, that's the path I'm in. Okay? What path are we supposed to be in? One we've just been talking about for the last 30 minutes. The one God's called you to do. So if I'm over here in the path of unbelievers doing whatever feels good, do it. And whatever I feel like I want to do, whatever I'm craving, whatever my flesh says do. How am I going to be blessed in the will of God? It's over here, right? So I can't walk in that path and expect the benefits of this path. Again, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay, the third thing. Nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Okay, so I hang out, I have fun with people who, who, who are bitter towards God. You know, they're always negative this and that and other. Well, you never know what God's going to do, do you? And, and, well, you know, if there's any bad luck, you know, it'll come my way. And, and well, everything is up to God. He's in control, so I don't need to do anything. Those are scoffers. Why do you want to hang out with that? Is that what the Word says? Is that what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you? Does that line up with your vision? Can you sit and talk and, and be, or just even if you just listen to that all the time, is that going to build you up and edify you and cause you to rise up in faith and go do this over here? Not likely. Not likely. It's going to tear you down. Now, you can pray for them. You can come over here and say, you know what, I love you. You know, really, God loves you too. And He's not mad at you. And I'm going to be praying for you if you, you come with me someday to church or, or, or can I share something with you? And then go on your way. Don't sit with them. But there's three things it says here don't do. Don't walk, don't stand, don't sit. That's about every position in life, isn't it? <laughs> so if you do, if you spend any part of your major parts of your life like that with people who are unbelievers, who are scoffers or God-haters or negative, or who are just in ungodly pursuits, is there a way you can, you can have verse 3 in your life? Unlikely, or at least less likely, that you're going to prosper in everything you do. This is not rocket science. But then look what it says to do in verse 2. But his delight, meaning the blessed man in verse 1, is in the law of the Lord. Now the law of the Lord, now that we have a new covenant, is the word of God, right? So what do you delight in? What, where do you spend your time? What, what makes you excited is it hearing from God, from His written or spoken Word? If we're not at that place, that's something you need to pursue. Because if you make that your delight, you're going to prosper in everything you're going to do. Because whose Word is, is right? Whose Word is the highest? Whose Word is full of revelation, knowledge, and wisdom? Yours? This group over here who's negative all the time? No, it's God's. If you delight in that, if you get to a point where you delight to hear from God, it's, it excites you. You're going to prosper. Because He's going to show you how. He's going to show you how to bear fruit in, in whatever season He's called you to. And then the next thing there, which is number five on your list, is in His law, He does meditate day and night. Remember what we said meditate is? Murmuring the Word on the job, doing something mundane here and there. Thank God that by His stripes I was healed. Thank you, Lord. This cold's got to go in Jesus' name. Okay? Whatever. You're, you're meditating day and night. That doesn't mean that you can't do work, that you can't cook dinner, that you can't go plow the garden, that you can't mow the grass because, well, I can't do that. I'm supposed to meditate day and night. No, you can meditate. You can murmur the Word, whatever you're doing, right? 
And even if your mind's on something else and you can't think about two things at one time, you can be in an attitude of the word is true and if I have thoughts come to me, I'm going to choose thoughts that line up with the word. That's an attitude of meditating. You can be in that attitude of meditation all the time, 24-7, even in your dreams. And that's what he's talking about here. Don't be in an attitude like these people. Be in an attitude of the Word. Be in an attitude of meditating on it. Verse 3 will come to pass for you if that's a priority. See, today's a day to decide about priorities. All right, then the last scripture we're going to close with is 2 Corinthians 5.17. should be a familiar scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Y'all probably know it. What does it say? Therefore. So, if you want to go back and see what it's there for, read what's before it. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, what is Christ? Jesus. And it's not his last name. What is it? It's something about him. It's his anointing, right? If, therefore, if anyone is in the anointed one and his anointing, he is what kind of a creature? New creature. What happens to him? Old things are passed away. Behold. You're going to hear more about that word next week. Behold, new things have come. So, you have the opportunity... We said it's a new year and it's, there's new things. And God said that He will proclaim them to you ahead of time. You were, cre- you were recreated as a born-again person, spirit man, when you asked Jesus into your heart, to be a person of new things. Out with the old, in with the new, is what this verse is saying. Your old man, your flesh, you may have to deal with it from time to time still because you still have a physical body that has cravings. You still have an un saved mind that's in the process of being redeemed. It's been paid for, but it hadn't all manifested yet. You're supposed to renew it, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. So you have to deal with that. But that's the old man. You're supposed to be led by the new, the new man, the new things. That, that, it says if you're in Christ, in the anointed one, in his anointing. That anointing will lead you. As we said earlier, he'll lead you, it'll lead you by peace. And so we're supposed to be believing for new things. We're a new creature. We're supposed to be acting new, believing for new. So I'm challenging you in 2017. If you didn't like some of the old that occurred in 2016, guess what? You're a new creature. So won't you just go ahead and believe for new things in 2017? Will that work? Is that good? Because God said that He would tell you new things. He will proclaim them to you. He's going to show you. He wants to show you. So what I'm asking you to do, okay, I'm giving you an assignment. Okay, Say, oh no, I didn't. school hadn't started back yet. Some of you are in Bible school. Others of you are still in school or college. School hasn't started back yet. I don't want to think about it for two or three more days. Well, okay, this is a good assignment. I'm giving you an assignment. This is a specific assignment. Actually, it's a term paper. And it's due in three weeks. Okay? It's a term paper because there's a term. It's three weeks. The 22nd of January. Three weeks from today. Okay? It's a term paper. It's a term paper because it's on paper. Okay? And all good term papers have quotes, right? And citations. Or in other words, footnotes. So here, okay, part of your, your term paper is you're supposed to fill in the things that, that you saw God answer of your 2016 goals or things that he did for you, whether they were on your goal sheet or not in 2016. And then, as the instructions go here on the first page, it says, ask God to reveal his plans for you in 2017. 
Then, as Habakkuk taught us, record them on your goal sheet. Write them down, write the vision, along with what God's Word says to you about these things. So what His Word says are the footnotes on the back. What scriptures are you standing on? <laughs> okay? And all good footnotes, you know, are, are referencing, you know, a, a quotation, an author. And there's a bibliography, right? <laughs> Put the chapter in verse. Why is that important? You might need to go back and read this term paper mid-year. And you need to have some citations that you can go back and stand on. So, anyway, three weeks from today... If you have these, now I, I'm, I'm being fun, but this is a, in all seriousness. I would challenge you to do this. Am I going to take them up? No. Guess what? I'm not even going to grade them. But they are going to be graded. Really? Yes, there's a guest, there's a guest instructor that's going to grade these. And, and it's called, the, he, his name is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to grade these on December 31 this year. So you've got 12 months. You've got to turn your term paper in, but it's not going to be graded for 11 months after that. Okay, so anyway, if you can do that, that gives you time to be asking God to, to show you, to proclaim these new things to you between now and the 22nd. And we'll, if you want to do that, if you want to participate in the course, then bring yours back and we're going to pray over these and dedicate them to the Lord on the 22nd at the end of service. Now, the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear uh, some messages from um, Brian Houston who's the pastor of Hillsong Church, and um, he's going to be ministering to us. Um, so don't miss that. Next week also, though, because I'm giving you a week, I'm giving you a shorter assignment. Next week, and in any, any of the weeks in January, but I would like, if you have something you'd like to share next week, uh, the message will be a little bit shorter. Um, we'll have some time for some testimonies. If anybody wants to testify about some of their things that they believed for in 2016 that God blessed them with, that, that they saw manifest in 2016. Or again, if you didn't have it on your sheet formally, but something that God did for you, showed you how to grow in, something that, some new wisdom or revelation that He, that he gave you in 2016, um, then I'd, you'll have some time if you want to share. I'd encourage you to be praying about that. You know, we can't, we won't have time for everybody, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't exclude, so, oh good, we won't have time for everybody, I don't need to worry about it. No, I would ask you to pray, because God might be wanting us to hear something that He did for you, because that might be one of the things that He wants us to put on our list this year. And it might just be a blessing to us to hear how God...